Welcome to Yippie Kaye Classic. I'm Ralph Quartucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Debbie Murphy. I'm Michelle Wojo Wojcikowski. I'm Brad Barrowi. I'm John Quartucci. And I'm Drew Gould. Okay, so Debbie, uh, we have someone in the corner. Wait, there's someone not... here. Who, who's so, that down in the corner? Please introduce. <laughs> this is my very good friend, uh, Jenna Healy Globe. She lives in Minnesota. She, we saw the movie together in Minnesota. Whilst my husband and her were writing on a screenplay, um, Texas Two Step. Well, what's the film? Back, what's the film we're uh, watching? Once what we're going to talk about tonight? In Hollywood. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Okay, so she, Jenna was writing a script with Sean. Um, we're not going to let Sean talk about it. Um, <laughs> and while in Minnesota, well, what if it ties saw, into tonight's movie? Unless it ties oh, in. Oh well. Uh, Oh, he can boy. tie it into any movie, Brad. You know that. <laughs> so while in Minnesota, you guys saw this at a movie theater. Yes. Okay. I remember those. I just want to get that? Yeah. Well, those are those are good times. Good yeah, times. they were writing it. It got it got uh, it was interesting out there because Sean and Jenna, you know, they're both creative, very creative, and um, Sean has a certain way of doing things, and Jenna has a certain way of doing things. And they it, and they they got into a, okay. Like, you can't a- just. What does that mean exactly? <laughs> I want to get into some detail on yeah, that about uh, the way they each alive, do things. So that's good. Let's <laughs> show the movies. You no, know, okay, before we get started, I just want to acknowledge that today Charles Grodin passed away. Yeah, yeah. it's a litmus configuration. Oh, I didn't that. Are you doing yeah. the litmus configuration? Uh, just, just want to uh, bring yeah, very his name sad. up. He's, uh, I like the Heartbreak Kid and uh, Jenna and I. King Kong. We did Midnight Run. We'll do no. We did. We never did Midnight Run, did we? We were going no. to do. We were supposed King to do that Kong, nineteen seventy six King Kong. But we watched yeah, it. Yeah, the remake. Uh, yeah, not the original Ralph. <clears throat> the good yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to acknowledge Mr. Groden's passing, and uh, before we get on and start talking about the film. So, um, all right. So the film is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. You want to. Uh, Debbie, yeah, brief description. Well, it's a fairy tale, and it's a lovely fairy tale. And uh, we, when we saw it, it was just what we needed. It's like a dose of medicine, and I think it's particularly good to watch <laughs> it because now it's just delightful how Quentin Tarantino. This is his ninth film, and he, I didn't appreciate him. To the extent as I did on this movie, it's the only movie I I kind of liked um, Django Unchained. I kind of liked Unchained. it, huh? Unchained. Oh, Unchained. <laughs> I know the Unchained. Un- Unchained would be the prequel, I guess. John, would you please not interrupt Debbie while she's in the middle of something, please? <laughs> God, John is very protective of Debbie. Always a rewrite. Debbie, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was corner. riveted. Go ahead. Jenna, you definitely are in my corner. Um. But I just, uh, this movie is so, I, I fell in love with Quentin Tarantino. On this film. So had you on seen this film? Had you seen, you said Django, but have you seen any of his other films? Yes. Oh, and you didn't like the other films. So what made you think you could walk into this one and you'd like this one? It was totally different. It was uh, very sweet and, and. I know you figured that out after seeing it, but. I didn't know you know everybody said let's go see it because jenna i think you suggested it right probably i mean yeah because it had just come out and 
I love him and I'm a writer and I wanted to see it and you guys were here. So, yeah. yeah. Now, Jenna, had you seen his other films? I, yes. Mm-hmm. And liked them or didn't like them? I really like them. Okay. Yeah. So I'm surprised that you'd walk into a like film. like fiction, Jenna? Yes. What? I did. <laughs> that is, in fact, I, a I film by Quentin Tarantino. Famous for me because she is such a sweet, um, sweet person, you know. I mean, not, not that, I, I guess it's the cussing <laughs> and the, the violence and the bloody, you well, know. It's, it's a good thing there's, there's nothing that. violent in this movie, though. <laughs> yeah, there's no cussing and violence. Yeah, good thing. But they were really evil. They had a guy, you know, in our minds, right? Well, wow, that was very upsetting oh, when some of well, those. I think if they had called Pulp Fiction a, a happy fairy tale, De- um, Debbie would have liked it. Well, Brad Pitt killed his wife in here, so, you know. Well, no, yeah. we don't know. Well, we don't know. allegedly killed his we wife. We never saw that, so we can't go there. Every scene had a special meaning to me. My favorite scene, though, I'll start with my favorite scene, is when um, Rick Dalton, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, was going to have a scene with the little girl. And he was sort of like failing as an actor. And uh, he did such a good job that the little girl even the cynical little girl who was what, supposed to be nine years old and she acted like she was 25. She, she said that was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life right away. You know, that's what that actor needed at that time. It was just so precious, you know, that scene and showed how like um, acting is probably a very difficult job to do. You know, I mean, it just showed so many things. The acting was everybody participated and it was so fantastic. It took a story that we all know, you know, about um, uh, the family of uh, Manson, the Manson, Manson family, crazy Manson. And uh, just uh, as if it didn't happen, you know, and it kind of was a healing for us, I think. Because I would like to think that 9-11 didn't happen, and I would like to think that that incident didn't happen. You know, well, it's just... There's a lot of details, too, that uh, this is loosely based on Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham. Yeah. They, were, they were partners like these two, where Hal Needham, who was the director of uh, Hooper, I think, and, and uh, Smokey and the Bandit and stuff. And, and Quentin Tarantino's on. named after a character, Bruce... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm... Burt Reynolds' character in one of his shows called Quentin. I forget the one. So it's kind of loosely based on their relationship. And, and Tarantino grew up. This is in <clears> 69. <throat> he was living in L.A. at the time. And I think he looked at this as the last moment before the world just went crazy. And this is a love letter to Hollywood as much as, as it is to... Um, and Burt Reynolds was in it until he died. Yeah, that's where uh, Bruce Stern took his part. The Spawn Ranch guy. Yeah. Uh, the guy who owns Spawn Ranch. Yeah. So there's a lot of connections for, oh. for, uh, for Tarantino. And you can see that the way he shot this film, the loving shots of Hollywood and the driving and all that stuff. It's just beautiful. But like, yeah, but like you're saying, he, this is a fairy tale for him. And he wished it never, what happened, he wished it never happened. And it's, it's clear he was in love with Sharon Tate, just the way he shot her and, and just uh-huh. the way she became the focus of the film. I don't want to I don't want to dive in on what you're saying, but I just wanted to let you know, there's some there's a lot of history that's involved. As a matter of fact, 
some of the clips. There's an FBI clip that when Cliff and and what's his name are watching. I by the way, I thought Brad Pitt did a better job than DiCaprio in this film. Well, that's because you're an editor, not an actor, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It, I just I was watching him more than the other guy. <laughs> yeah, because anyway, you, you want him. That's why that's you have a I man crush. You want huge, Brad Pitt, huge. okay? Yes, exactly. And that's fine. Well, I I love Brad Pitt. I think he did an excellent job and. But that scene where they're watching the FBI show is a real FBI out of the show. truck with yeah. the gun. That's his face superimposed over yeah. Burt Reynolds in that show, as well as when they do that whole great escape thing, yeah. and superimposed his face over Steve McQueen. I mean, he did a lot of things in this. It's just amazing. Anyway, I don't want to take all the time up, but uh, continue, Debbie. Well, I loved also the scene when he comes into the, um, the Nazi uh, camp. And he says, you want some fried sauerkraut? <laughs> and he's got his blowtorch, and he's torching him. That was, flame that's thrower, a yeah. flamethrower. Yeah, the only the, stunt he actually said he did, right? <laughs> that one. Yeah. It was, it was just what you always wanted to do to a Nazi, you know? It was oh, a homage to Inglorious Past. Right, right. It was an homage to that as well, his own film. He, he did an homage. Yeah, he's doing film. an homage to his own A lot of homages. Um, Another history-changing movie. Yeah. Right. Um, who hadn't seen this film before we watched it? for this you got everybody had seen it okay cool wow that's a rarity yeah um anybody else want to jump in well Jenna. is debbie done Jenna, is debbie I, done you've, I, well we, we you've can cut off back. you've cut her off halfway just we can bounce sure. back how do you know it's halfway you don't even know that because i know debbie <laughs> karen carpenter we've only he hasn't addressed the spiritual aspect of the film this is a pretty contemporary time. movie to pick what made you pick this that was what i was kind of curious about what made because, you pick this movie okay for the show? i was the way it worked i was gonna do um working girl working girl and i love that movie yep and then something happened what happened we were watching Echoes in the Valley, and they were showing scenes oh, from the movie it, Model Shop. And Model Shop, and I said, oh, you know, wait a minute. I've seen that movie. Isn't that Once Upon a Time? And then I remembered how great that time was when we came out there. And we were there for, what, five days, Jenna? We visited mm-hmm. you for five days. And um, it was just so wonderful to see that movie in that summer before um, COVID. And I tell you, I think if you look at models, I'd have to watch Model Shop again. But I think that must have been a big. Did I, who's ever seen? Has anyone seen that film? I never heard no. of it. It was by a French director. It's about a guy who's going to be drafted to go to Vietnam. He spends the last day. You know, there were places where you could like take photographs, even like nude photographs of women. You pay. You go and you take with your own camera and take pictures. It's about a guy who falls in love with a model, but he lived in a junky house. It had an oil derrick right outside like this. Yeah. I think he may have driven around in a Carmen Ghia, too, like um, Brad Pitt. There's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. between some of the background that you see in Model Shop in this movie, though it's not, he's never mentioned it as a reference. But that, if you want to see L.A. in, like, 1969, I think that was 1969, maybe 1968, Model Shop really is a, like – you know, loving homage to L.A. Well, Tarantino's not, uh, he's not opposed to using other films in his own film. So he may have, this may have been a good, uh, you know, uh, film for him to look at and use. Yeah, this is, uh, well, I'm going to jump in if Debbie's jumped out. Um, uh, Is she done? Or Debbie. Oh, everyone just 
<clears throat> Let yeah. Debbie not yeah. talk. Just... No, Deb is done. All right, let's move on. Okay, everybody. Jeez. Deb <laughs> is done. So no, this is a this is a um, I I I uh, I have respect Quentin Tarantino, but I don't own many of his films. I don't own this one, but I will be buying it once we get back from something we're doing because I, I I love this movie. Um, and it's got layers I feel I haven't even haven't even got to yet watching it. But um, you know, I'm one of the older members of the podcast. I was alive in 1969, and just the whole vibe of it, the clothes, the look of it, and the songs on the radio and the commercials. Because this wasn't one of those films where every song on the radio is a big hit. A lot of these songs were very minor hits, and there are a couple of them I probably had not heard since 1969. Until this movie played, and I'm like, oh, I got to stay and see what what was the title of that song, you know, because I, I want to put it in one of my playlists. I mean, I you know I loved the nostalgia of it. I loved um, I love the um, two um, the relationship between the two guys. I think I think Leonardo DiCaprio was perfect in his role as a you know narcissistic, insecure actor, and Brad Pitt was fabulous as the stunt man. He you know. Um, Brad never really, even though he complained one time about his career being over because he's not working, he seems perfectly happy with his place in the universe. You know, he's living on a day-to-day basis. He's got a dog that really loves him. You know, I mean, that scene where he's feeding the dog the first time, that is like, that would be a scene most movies that would be. Of course, it's a big scene because that dog's going to come in handy later. Mm -hmm. But that was such a well-done scene, and that dog is so terrific. Um, I just, You know, it's a great film, night. I love the, um, I really think that, the, you know, Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate is sort of like the heart of the film. She's like, mm-hmm. she expresses the innocence of, you know, this generation, the hippie generation, as they were coming to power in Hollywood, you know, until everything changed. So she's well, going through joyfully. Well, I don't know of the hippies. Okay, here's the thing. Hippies, you know, they were, some of the, to be called a hippie, you, you had to be like the dirty feet. And, you know, that really wasn't a scene that was um, not a good scene. The feet? Are we scene? into the feet dirty now? Feet. Well, the, Tarantino the loves feet. So yeah, he does want to talk feet about the part. scene. There were multiple feet. The well, he had the one there set of... lots of dirty yeah. feet in that movie. That, well, yeah, yeah. the hippies that, that were stealing out of the dumpster, right? And that's the yeah, woman that, you know, that Cliff it, ends up meeting and taking back to the spawn ranch which is a great scene yeah um, i don't know i i, I, I yeah. love that it's sort of like every time the movie seems utterly carefree there's just a little hint of manson in the family well the scene the spawn ranch scene in particular was really tense was tense from the minute he walked on that yeah. ranch until yeah. he left and even when he left and the whole okay the whole premise of the film you know going in that the thing that's going to happen at the end is going to happen. You just don't know what Tarantino is going to do with it because what he did in Glorious Bastards is he flipped history around and, and you're wondering what he's going to do. And I'll talk about that after because the way he used the narration <laughs> to set up what he was going to do and then it didn't ha- Um Jen is a writer as well, right? That's, a, that's you and Sean are partners. Yep. Give us some, from a writer's perspective, what, what are some of the th- – I mean, uh, Sean was mentioning themes, and even Debbie mentioned it's buried with a bunch of themes. When you saw this, what was your take on this film? 
I um, really had no expectations going in other than it was a Tarantino film. And so I, like Sean was mentioning about introducing Brandy the dog and um, Cliff together. I mean, just that scene, like writing that scene, how we we know their relationship just by how he gets her dinner ready. And there there was so much in that. Um, I I feel like, gosh, I, I don't know. I have so much I want to say um, about this. I, I love how he wrote um, Leo's character. It, he's so cheesy, and but he's so believable as being cheesy. You know, I think that the scene in the trailer where he loses his shit is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, my favorite scene. Uh, so funny. Um, but I not love- scripted. That wasn't scripted. That was improvised by him. That the, was improvised by him. Yeah. What an actor. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean. Well, not, not as good as Brad Pitt, because Brad Pitt <laughs> guns rough. <laughs> but, I mean, you're right. I mean, the, when they went to Spawn Ranch, I mean, the, the tension there. Yeah. I mean, I was like this the whole time because I yeah. thought for sure he was going to be killed. I mean. Right. Yeah. It, it was so good. And um, even though it's like you know that he's not going to die because he, he's going to be in the rest of the movie. His, his role isn't finished yet. It, you just expected it at any second. Um, I love the scene with Bruce Lee. And I had actually read that um, Bruce Lee used to beat, beat the shit out of um, stunt doubles in his movies. So this was again, Tarantino flipping the script and showing Bruce getting beat up. And um, just growing up as a little kid, I had an uncle who, who showed me all the Bruce Lee movies. So um, the, you know, there was some stuff I wasn't totally familiar with. I had just seen, you know, in movies, but Bruce Lee was, was a character that I had grown up watching. And so that was really cool. Um, uh, let me, can I jump in on that scene? Just correction. For a no one kicked his ass. Well, here's what I, right. No one, here's what kicked, I no one kicked Bruce's ass. You guys yeah. remember how that scene works out. That scene starts with, uh, Brad Pitt doing that stuff he does to get up on the roof and fix the antenna, right? Right. right it's a flashback inside it's of a shirt. Yeah, Ralph, he when he took his shirt off real slow. Parkour. You guys are way more obsessed than I am, but okay. Oh, really? Look at uh, you lighting up like a Christmas tree just thinking about my, it. My point is, that scene with, with uh, and this is my point about the film, that scene is Cliff remembering that scene. Yeah. Right. Because there's things that happen in that scene that probably in real life wouldn't happen. Like when you get slammed against the car in the car, it's like his recollection of what happened that day. Because even when he's done, he goes, oh, I guess I kind of messed that up. And I think a lot of this film is Cliff's recollections of the, like his wife with the harpoon and all that. It's, it's kind of Cliff, to me, is the center of this film. Yes. And obviously at the end, Cliff becomes definitely the center of the film. Uh, but I, I think, again, these are like, because Bruce Lee never got beat up by anybody. And Cliff is remembering that he did. I just found it interesting. That's another layer that Tarantino put in there to kind of just keep you a little wait, bit. Wait, wait. Okay, just so I'm clear on this. You think that was his recollection of what happened, but it probably didn't happen that way? Is that what you're saying? You're saying he's an unreliable narrator? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't I don't read that into it at all. Well, that's I read how, that's how. when he was done with the scene, he said, yeah, I really screwed up because I went overboard by throwing him into it. And but that's again, why they want to work the stuff with that it. happened in there was was over the top. Yeah, I don't read that. The whole I didn't read that you know, anyway. All right. Yeah. Jenna, yeah, he took I'm a lot sorry. of heat for that. He took a lot of heat for that scene. Uh, I know. For making for people Bruce involved Lee with uh, right. Bruce Lee saying yeah. Bruce Lee would never say he could beat up 
uh, Muhammad Ali, but it was in a biography that the wife wrote that line. So Tarantino had to defend that in a couple of interviews about the way he portrayed. Well, he had and to he defend, said he did it tongue in cheek. He, listen, he, he had to defend. He loved Sharon Bruce Tate. Lee. He had to defend the whole movie. I mean, he well, had, the he, sister, had to get yeah, he got attacked for um, for Margot Robbie had not having enough lines. I think it was a New York Times report. Right, there was a whole there was something. Yeah, he was asked that question. For not anyway, I'm sorry, Jen. I didn't mean to take lines. you off, but I just wanted to jump in a little bit. But no, Drew, that's Drew, fine. No. Drew, what were you going to say? I heard you. I was going to say, say, you know, what Jenna said. I think is what you said is important. That that scene at Spawn Ranch. I I like this movie. Uh, some of it feels like minor Tarantino to me, and I love his movies. The ending is one of my favorite movie endings of any movie ever. But you know, the the later Tarantino where he changes history, where Hitler dies, which, you know, that's wonderful, where slaves get revenge, also wonderful. You mentioned that Brad Pitt's not going to die in the Spawn Ranch scene, but you don't feel that when you're watching it. Right. right. But of course, you spend the whole movie knowing it's so tragic that Sharon Tate is going to die. Right. Except she doesn't. Right. And it's so exhilarating to hear her voice on the box at the end after this completely insane violence. I I did not find that exhilarating at all. I found that really super sad. So I don't like this movie at all. All right. Here we go. (laughs) So I just just thought I would stop this love fest. None of it? You didn't like any of it? I, I like two things. I like Timothy Oliphant because he could read the phone book and I will watch Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, he really, really enjoy him. And Brad Pitt took his shirt off. That is it. And you know I am not So those are the one. two things you liked about it. Um, I just, I'll tell you, and it's not that, you know, I liked Pulp Fiction. I just, we watched this movie um, uh, about a year ago. Yeah, about whenever Wait, can it I ask was a question? When you say when you say you didn't like it, did both of you not like it? Or are you speaking? For no, yourself? he. I, I didn't like it so much. I refused to watch it again before tonight. That's oh. how much I did not like this movie. Well, here's the thing. So when when um, Debbie said we were going to watch it, I thought, okay, we just saw that. It's two. It's almost three hours. I don't know if I want to watch that again. But I did end up watching it. Um, I think I liked it a little more this time than I did the he last liked it, time. He liked it more but than I did. I, I just. I still. Okay. I, I don't. I don't get the all over Quentin Tarantino. I don't know. He, he just doesn't appeal to me the way he appeals. See, to other maybe if I had known some of there the, was some good parts some of the background that you guys were giving, like this was based on this and this was based on that. Maybe perhaps if I had known that and perhaps if I had watched the movie again, knowing that <clears> I would have enjoyed it more, but I just was like, Oh my Ralph, you can roll your eyes all you I'm, want. I'm, I'm but, thinking of something right now. I was going to ask a question. The, the, the you shouldn't be like, thinking. Like, you should be listening to her. When he couldn't remember his lines, and the scene was so long, and I'm just like, oh, my God, what what are we doing? Why are we watching this? What is the yeah, point I, of this whole story? And well, I, I guess the point was to... I think that scene is typical in letting it all out, because actors, you know, we all have our opinions of actors, but... That's a very hard job to do, you know, to read. But, but they could have gotten the point across actor. in that scene Is there with more? five oh, minutes. God. The love of <laughs> the scene just went too long. Right. I think I got the point. He was it's messing hard. his lines up. And so when that, that's what I feel like a lot of this movie. I mean, I, I didn't hate the movie. I There were parts of it I liked. I thought there were some funny parts. I should put that one on the posters, Brad. Jenna, <laughs> I didn't hate it. Right next to my wife couldn't stand it. And Jenna, Jenna, I know you. You said your favorite scene was the Bruce Lee scene. 
One of the first things I thought was this scene didn't even need to be in the movie. I don't know why it was in the movie. What's um, and then what? you explained a little bit what's of his. Now that we know that, this background, that but, he was flipping stuff around. Perhaps if I had known there were, that, I just felt like some of the scenes you were all talking about the tension of him going up to the house and how long. And it wasn't tense for me. It was come on, get this over with. It's taking too long. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Now, you guys had no interest, so the, the Manson angle, the Manson-Sharon Tate angle. It, it has some interesting points. It, yeah. it, look, the, the, the scenery, like the, the time, like the nostalgia and all, it, it's good. it was neat stuff, and, and it was shot very well, you know, all that. The Manson stuff, it, had, it was an interesting angle to it. Because I had some young friends who saw the film who had no clue about mm, uh, what the sure. Manson issue was. Oh, yeah, yeah I've known about it. Well, the funny thing in, is we just watched, um, we've been watching um, Mindhunter. That's yeah. He same actor played, and Manson they talk, and, and they were just talking. And they. Talk but my point is, if you everything. don't know that going in, I just wonder if it holds the same impact. Yeah. Spawn Ranch and all the well, other. Like you're, you're explaining oh, yeah. a lot of, of his impetus for putting a lot of this stuff in the movie. I didn't know any of that, so that that might have given me a different. Perspective it might have it. made me. But he all you guys got to like do said, is go to IMDb. That's it. Look at hey, IMDb. Let's play but a I, game called Screw Off. Screw Off. It's so mean. I'm Tarantino. I'm so Tarantino tired. is uh, Tarantino is steeped in movies. Like that right, is, that's all he right. He lives right, and yeah. breathes movies. And what I mean, and he, I bet he saw. And that the most novel. important part of that is that he loves movies. So you can watch Inglorious Bastards and you can love the movie because it's a it's a great drama. It's funny. It's got a little of the old ultra violence that he always delivers. It kills Hitler. Like these are all good things. But you can also look at every marquee of every movie marquee in the movie, all these shots and angles, all the references sure, to German films of yeah. the of the era, all this different stuff. If you like to me, he's one of those directors if you if you dig a movie of his that's good. You can enjoy it on a variety of different levels. But then you can go learn more about it. You might not know that much about movie history or Hollywood 1969 or any of that kind of stuff. Like I knew about the Manson uh, family. I knew about the Sharon Tate murders. I couldn't have named the people that were killed with her. Um, but those characters were real. And see, that's, that's the other thing I wanted to say. It must be such an incredible pleasure to act for Quentin Tarantino. The stuff that he writes is so incredible. And I'm, I'm looking at the cast list. There's like, I didn't even recognize Dakota Fanning. You know, in, in one okay, scene Drew, here's something that's that going to blow your mind. Drew, the the um, guy who played the boyfriend, <laughs> the old boyfriend with Sharon Tate was um, murdered with her. Yeah. He was uh, the guy who starred, uh, was written about shampoo with yeah, the he's, Warren he's a hairdresser. Yeah. He's a Hollywood right. hairdresser. He's a hairdresser. No, but it's what Drew's getting at is all these other actors. There are so many little bit parts in that film. Did you see Cheech Marin? Cheech Marin. Cheech. You I know, when they Steve. walk into the bar in Lancer and there's a poker game going on with three people. See, that's what I mean. He looks over his shoulders, Cheech Marin. I didn't catch that. Look, wow. I can, I can imagine, I can imagine and some of the, some of you on this, in this conversation have worked as actors. I can imagine the, the rush of, of when you actually might get a part and reading a script like this. I mean, the the people that are in it, like um, like Julia Butters, she plays Trudy, the eight-year-old girl that we talked about mm -hmm. before. She's an American Fantastic. housewife. She's very funny. She's great. But uh, the the scene is so is so powerful that when he when he cries <laughs> after she tells him he did a good job, I thought that was completely authentic. And that's her performance, that's his performance, and that's the script. And it was really crazy. One of my favorite TV shows is Better Things. That's Pamela Adlon's show on FX. 
and one of her daughters is Mikey Madison plays the um, the daughter and it's you know it's teenage girls growing up with a single mom in Los Angeles. Mikey Madison is the girl that gets uh, hit in the face with a dog food can, chewed up by a pit bull, uh, falls in the pool and then set on fire. And I just it's so Spoilish. different, but the chance to work Spoilish. with Quentin Tarantino must be so exciting. And I, I'm a big fan of his movies. I don't think all of them are perfect. They're all no, very long, no no, but it's no. really, it's so satisfying. You know, you, you, you go to a concert, you see a musician who's not only really good, but, but loves what they're doing. This man loves what he's doing. He loves movies. He loves making movies. It boils out of him. And so those of us who've, who've worked in the business or are currently working in the business, it must be really exciting to see somebody at the top of their form like that, because it's, it's just, it's very inspiring. Even if you end up not liking an individual movie, you cannot deny the skill of this guy, the craft of this guy. And, you know, yeah, he has a lot of feet in it and stuff, but it's just these, I don't I, love I this think movie, that's another thing. Like I, I am, you know how people have feet fetish. I have like feet aversion. Like I don't want to see close-ups of <laughs> well, feet. No wonder you I hate this. There's feet everywhere. Feet, feet, feet. feet. And Sharon Tate's I, feet, the, the young hippie girl's feet are in there. And, and uh, you know, all the hippies feet. at Spawn Margot Ranch Robbie were has all, beautiful feet. Well, Spawn Ranch hippies were all children of movie stars. Oh. That whole group that was sitting on the yep. porch, all the young In reality, Ralph? No, no, in this film. In the film. In the film. He used, he used uh, you know, kids of actors. Uma Thurman's actors. daughter was in it. Uma yep. Thurman's daughter. Rumor, um, Willis. Or... The, the main, oh, the main young in. girl she's is... Like, that was just a rumor. I can't think of what her... Ooh, Margaret Qualley as, as Pussycat? Is that who you're talking Andy about? Andy McDowell's daughter. That's not right. Andy McDowell's mm-hmm. daughter played Pussycat. And I, I love that Luke Perry, I mean... Yeah. yeah. I'm was that his last role? Was that his last role? Yeah, it was. So, so that, yeah, I, I mean, I think people would love to be in a Tarantino film, right? Most, most would. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bit actors in here. Skeet McRaney, is that his name? Skeet, he's one of the guys Scoot who McNary. shot. Scoot, Scoot McNary, McNary, thank you. Yeah. You know how I am with names, so that's great. I'm here thank for you, you buddy. Uh, so there's a lot of little bit. There's uh, Curtis, some guy, uh, there's a guy that's in a bunch of roles in this film, playing different actors in all the Western Look, scenes. every small role, every small role is somebody spectacular. Damian Lewis plays uh, Steve uh, McQueen, McQueen in one scene. I love that scene. I love that scene. And, and that yeah. that that performance is satisfying. And then seeing Leonardo DiCaprio cut into that scene—that's one of my favorite movies. Is just there's just a love for movies that yeah. boils out of this. You never okay. mentioned John, Pacino. Pacino was great. Pacino was John. Way. Jump in because I I kind of want to get down into that the last scene and then what I felt, what I thought this whole thing meant. But okay, well for me on. for me Tarantino's hit or miss. I'm not like all in on Tarantino. Um, and and it's funny because when I first saw this movie. I thought it was all right. I loved the last half hour of it. I mean, I just loved it because obviously he's setting up with, with the way uh, Sharon Tate was angelic. I mean, every shot. So he, it's foreboding knowing what's coming, right? So that that's what he set up. So when he completely flips it on its head, it's great because, you know, you know, in his eyes, he wanted her to survive and all that. So it was also old Hollywood versus new Hollywood. Now I've watched this movie probably... 15 times since I saw it originally and my appreciation. Yeah. My appreciation for it is, uh, has, has built a lot more one because the recreation of the time period is phenomenal. And you know, I like to throw out little tidbits. He had a fight with uh, people in LA to put 
to make the facades look like uh, 1969. They didn't want to do it. Well, they did it, and uh, they loved it so much they kept them because they loved that recreation <laughs> of the look. And that was, to me, that the, the, the recreation of the period was excellent. His writing is always good, even in his bad movies, I think. It's very witty dialogue. And I know you, Ralph, you, Brad Pitt won the Oscar, but I think DiCaprio was incredible in this movie, as great an actor as DiCaprio is, and I do think he's a great actor, he's trying to play an actor who's really not that good and play it like that person versus DiCaprio. No, do you understand I, I what I mean? Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. Let me finish. Don't interrupt uh, me. Uh, You'll okay. have your time. <laughs> okay. And you're not an actor I am. You don't know well, what the hell you're what talking about. that's what I mean. The about. love of actors, the Brad love Pitt of Pitt takes his shirt off, like, and you're all insane. in on Brad Pitt. Oh, he deserves the Oscar. <laughs> Look at his pecs. <laughs> Um, now I love Brad Pitt in this movie. Don't get me wrong, but it was a, it was one note where DiCaprio was up and down in this movie. And, 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 uh, you know, you could feel the pain of a guy that was fr from old Hollywood and Sharon Tate represented new Hollywood. So I like that part of it in, in the ending. But first of all, back to that spawn ranch scene, uh, Jen, I agree with you completely. The tension in that scene, first of all, you think the guy's going to be dead. Right, that that they're setting you up with that. He's going to walk in. The guy's going to be dead. But the other thing was, you were waiting for someone to jump out with a knife and kill Brad Pitt. The whole time <laughs> he's in the house, you're waiting for that. The tension was unbelievable. And even when he left, there was tension with all those followers just staring at him. And when he just popped the guy, it was like, wow, it was so cathartic, you know. And, and a, a lot of that was to show how badass Brad Pitt's character was, because even on the boat, he supposedly killed his wife. Well, the way he set it up. The, the the wife is is bitching at him and he's got the, the harpoon at her waist right so to me and the I was ball like, is bouncing okay, this is how he killed her this is but they didn't show it so and, and the ending was a complete shock to me not that he reversed it right but that just that entire scene the way it played out that he's he's uh you know he's uh, got the acid cigarette he doesn't know where he's at and the guy's holding the gun on him he goes no it was something it was, no it wasn't that stupid the name what was yeah. your name again uh, no it was dumber than that and then he i'm the, the devil dog. and i'm here on the devil's business yeah, which is no, exactly no, which is what that. they said well the it guy was... really said that when they killed uh sharon tate yeah, but, but that scene, because you know, everyone's talking about the scene where he fed the dog. Well, obviously that was foreshadowing. You knew the dog was going to play an active role in that ending. And when he went, that was just that whole scene yeah. was incredible. And then you know, the only thing that and because that was Brad Pitt's scene, but they had to throw a bone to DiCaprio. So when he comes out with the flamethrower and just torches the woman, so he ends up kind of being the hero, even though Brad Pitt did everything. And that's how oh, that's that what being ended. a stuntman. That's what being a that's, stuntman is. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's what I like. So I really enjoyed this movie a lot more as I watched it more often because I, I think the acting in it from everybody was really, really good. And I think a, a large part of that, to Drew's point, is the scripts that Tarantino gives you, you know, it, it's not hard to act that. But like we said with Jen, you like that scene in, in the dressing room that was improvised by DiCaprio. So that wasn't even scripted. So to me, that says a lot about DiCaprio and what he was willing to do and not do, you know? So I, I, I like this movie a lot. Again, it's hit or miss with me with Tarantino. This was definitely a hit for me, uh, for his, 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 you, you can tell he loves the time period. And again, to Drew's point, he loves movies. And that is so evident. This is a love letter to all of that. And that's why I really like this. 
Now, being a non-actor, yes, uh, I still think I can have an opinion on. What you can. Wrong. It can be. What, it can be completely wrong, Ralph. What the difference between what you brothers fight? What the difference between what Leonardo DiCaprio was doing? Caprio got the showier, the showier uh, uh, part. That was very showy. To, to show him that the actors, you know, the mode, what an actor goes to do. And as an actor, I'm sure you're looking at him going, he's such a hard worker. But as a non-actor, to me, Brad Pitt's stuff that was going on underneath Brad Pitt's part, to me, was stronger, including his rippling muscles when he's driving the car. I just thought it was amazing. And there you go. Okay. Um, That's what we're basing. Yeah. But what on. I want to get at is what Tarantino did, because I knew he was going to change the timeline going in. That's what I thought. But what he did is he had that narration leading up to that last scene. And it was uh, Kurt Russell doing the yeah. narration, 1201. I knew all the Manson stuff because I'm right. deep, I'm steeped in that stuff. And I didn't want to see what was going to happen because I knew she was pregnant and I knew what happened. And I'm thinking Tarantino's either going to, he might be pulling the rug out from under us and actually going to show us what happened. And the narration set that up right up until that scene where those, those people walk into Brad, when Brad Pitt sees them when they walk into his place. Um, and it just flipped everything, and it was amazing. Well, it really and, changed. Wait, wait, it really changed when the, when they're in the car talking about Rick Dalton and how they well, grew when up Rick with came out TV with the margarita thing. That's and right. They, that's they turned when you around. Knew, right. That's I understand when you knew that it was diverted. It wasn't. But when still, he they were walking up. They were walking up the path, and I thought, okay, they're going to go for it. Uh, and and then he flipped it. Um, and it was just terrific. I mean, I was like, and then to use Vanilla Fudge, that song from Vanilla Fudge in that scene it's just like holy well cow. I, you know i should have said that's the other thing tarantino does brilliantly his soundtracks are unbelievable it was insane. because like like sean mentioned it's not number one hits that he uses he uses obscure songs that through his soundtracks become much more popular than they were when they originally came out so his his use of soundtracks is incredible his use of music which means he loves that too you know yeah and how's well, this problem how's this, with sorry how's this movie playing minnesota minnesota it's Minnesota. Minnesota. Seem to like it in Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. I think they did. What is it? But a different I, planet? <laughs> you think they did? It's Minnesota. Yeah, um, did your husband watch the movie when you no. rewatched it? No, he's not. He's not into movies like that. But I do want to, um, John. I I totally agree with you about uh, Leonardo's acting. I I first moved to LA many years ago to act, and um, you're right. Is the type of actor that he is to play this cheesy actor that is trying to be a good actor, like all those scenes, they were so authentic. And I don't know how he didn't just like bust out laughing sometimes at, you know, at this character he was playing because he was so seriously like cheesy, but, yeah. but it was real. Right. You know, um, I thought he did a really good job. I, I really did. I mean, I think that, I think that Brad Pitt did a great job, uh, they were just different. It was different, right. but yeah, I I'm really not, do yeah, think it course. was equally good. Now that scene you're talking about when they're when he's uh, uh, flubbing his lines, they let that stuff roll on and right. on and on. And uh, I like what Tarantino was doing, where he he cut where it's like they're filming it, but there's no way this would be filmed that way. And right, it's kind of, yeah, it's like ten setups. Well, these yeah. The thing is, with that buildup of that flubbing the lines and everything, that was so humiliating uh, process for the actor. And then to have the reward of that little girl to tell him that he was the best actor ever. 
that was the setup for the reward that he but to me that, about that scene okay <laughs> and i love that scene i love the little girl in it but to me what that scene represented was how low dicaprio's character was that a nine-year-old girl says to him that's the best acting i've ever seen in my life hey okay? it doesn't matter how old you and are his reaction no. to that line yeah. so overwhelmed by a nine-year-old girl who said, this is the best acting I've seen in my life. She's only been alive for nine years. Yes, so the but, way- but doesn't that show you how fragile he is? That's how- my point. Yeah, That's no, the no, point no, of it. Come on, how mental. That's the point. No, 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 no. Now, didn't he, in this film, didn't he end up in, didn't he end up in Italy after yeah. that scene? Yeah. yeah. Doing cheesy Italian movies, yeah. right? He's a washed-up TV Westerns? star is the whole point of that. That's right. right. Sean has got me into watching spaghetti westerns, and they're great. Well, but, well, some um, of their own level of greatness, but well, they're not. I used to think they were terrible, but now that I, you know, realize some things. Once upon a time in the West, come on! Yeah, oh he my brings God. home his Italian wife, and exactly. Yeah. But, I also thought. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you please <laughs> jump in. Push you it. agreed with me once, so keep talking. <laughs> I thought that um, Margaret Qualley was really good. Like yes. the, you know, yeah, she's. I don't think that Ruma Rulis probably would have done as good a job as her. Like, you know, she's a star's daughter, too. I know that she was in it, but she, she was really good, and she was so natural. Um, what was your role? Pussycat. Pussycat, yeah. She so was natural, the one. Yeah, she, her feet were showing all the time, and she had hairy armpits. Uh, but natural. I mean, her body, her. her <laughs> it was you know, great. No, she way- was great playing that free-spirited, young, yes. hippie girl. No, no, fantastic. And I thought that was and, and, really listen, good we casting. We haven't talked about Margot Robbie enough, right? I mean, she right. is the center of this film. And, and that's the heart of he, Yeah. <laughs> I thought Brad Pitt was the center of the film. What's that? I thought Brad Pitt was the center of the film. That's what you said before. He was my center. I'm saying Tarantino's center. <laughs> he, was, okay. he was my Let me center. Let that. That scene he had he me at hello. her walking down. And she, you remember, she picks up a hippie. Remember that woman she picks yeah. up and gives and her And they're hugging each other and everything. It just shows the effervescence of this woman. And that's why. That's what made the movie so bittersweet. Because, you know, that's the woman who got, got destroyed by the Manson family. Right? Mm-hmm. Not only that, she was eight months pregnant. Well, it wasn't just her. I mean, I, that's not my yeah. point. My point well, is know, you're watching but, this whole yeah. movie through Sharon, you knowing that Sharon Tate eventually died, which makes it super sad. And Tarantino shooting her walking down the street with her right. white boots were just gorgeous. Right. And then oh. she, she takes her shoes off. I'm sure Wojo was going crazy with her feet up at the movie theater. And he also made the choice of actually using Sharon Tate footage. He used from, her in the film. From and, the uh, know, Dean Martin he, film. This was, he film. was in love with Sharon Tate yeah. and very sad right. that she died. And yeah. this was his way of just trying to change that. And what to me... We talk about that scene with Brad Pitt at the end. The one that made me just kind of, it's when the, the hairdresser comes down. It's like, to me, that was the gates of heaven opening up. Yeah. Because all you hear is a disembodied Sharon Tate voice. From this moment on, we never see her again. We see her from above as he walks up. I felt like that's Rick Dalton is, is like, this is heaven. They came down. They said, come on in. All these people that were up in that driveway all got killed that night in reality. So he's walking up, and it's just had a bittersweet kind of, and that's when he put up, this is a fairy tale. That's when the title came up and said, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that was his version of a fairy tale. And to me, that was quite touching and sad. That's an interesting just, take I did not think of. That's kind yeah. of interesting. She, do you remember? Yeah. She has a disembodied voice at the end, and she's inviting yeah. Rick to come up. We never see their faces again. Because like Uncle Al. Up. That movie again. Right. You know what I really thought was going to happen at the end? Thank you, Drew. <laughs> Rather than... 
the the um you know when the credits are rolling having the uh, commercial the cigarette commercial what i would have loved is some scenes from um chinatown with um you know him in it you know with the caprio in it instead of um jack nicholson because that's what in his mind is that meeting roman polanski is going to oh yeah 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 next level i yeah. mean they did such a great job incorporating him into um you know, great escape. great escape that I would have loved to have seen, seen him in there. And um, that's fabulous. My, I'll tell you, my problem with Tarantino is oftentimes, you know, I appreciate his boldness, but oftentimes I feel I'm getting lost in his cultural obsessions. But this film, what that's what this film was. So to me, this is the perfect project for him. It's a chance to really, it's really more about the time than a lot of the other films he's in. It mm-hmm. really is. And here's something I didn't know until I watched a bunch of interviews. Is anyone aware of the fact that they, you know, all the actors have said, this is just two days in the lives of people. That everything that happened before he came back from Italy happened in one day. And everything that when he came back from Italy happened in one day. That the action is in two days. I don't think that's true because it started the night before when he met Al Pacino. You know, but I, that's one thing I want to watch the film. But the actors were all very insistent that this was just two days in the lives of these people. Okay. You know, I mean, it may work. That's one thing I want to look at the next time I watch. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Tarantino fan. So I'm, uh, you know, and 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 Inglorious Bastards is actually my favorite of all of them. Um, and and this one is right up there, though. This one. Um, because again, I was steeped in the Mace, uh, the Manson stuff, and and uh, you know I knew all about Spawn Ranch. I knew about all the kind of little details that, that re- revolved around the Manson thing. Well, I have a point so, to make now. Okay, oh, now and you I do. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. But here's this little girl, and she says this. Just because she's little and she's young, does not mean that you know he's got to stoop that low to get gratification or of what do you call it credit for um that comment because the truth if it comes out of the mouth of a baby or a hundred year old is the truth you know what i mean i think that i think the the irony there is what john was saying is you know this is the best acting i've seen in my whole life and her whole life is nine years that's what i mean if he if she said That's that's the best acting i've ever seen yeah it would have been one thing she didn't say that she said this is the best acting i've ever seen in my life but you and know what? I just say it's you. the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. Okay, that's fine. But in, in this movie, the in the context of the film, says, when, a, when an actor says the truth, you know, in the film or or on stage or whatever, it's the truth. Debbie, oh I God. love you. Debbie, you're friend, wrong. Debbie, you are wrong on this one. Debbie, your doctor obsession, your actor obsession, your writer obsession. It's like it's. I wish I was one of those because that was the irony of that scene. The way he played it, like it was like Pacino said to him, "That's the best acting I've ever seen in my life." That's how he played it, not like a nine-year-old said it who hasn't yeah. been around. But that's because that's how low he was. I mean, he. Did that's that. what I'm you saying. That's that. my. You forget you. the whole scene before that where he's sitting there talking to them, talking to the and young she would, girl. And like, that little girl was great in that That's scene. what I'm saying. But he's, you know, the book she's reading versus right. the book he's reading about the loser that, you know, the, he's that, reading about himself right. and she's reading some highfalutin thing and he's right. getting even. Right. Isn't that just the way human people, you know, that, isn't that how we are? You know, like one minute we're flying, we're in our jobs or whatever, whatever we do for life, you know, to work and I'm done with it. But 
you know, when we're doing it, sometimes we do it and we go, God, I stink at this job. I don't. You know, I never I don't say that when I'm doing the show. This show. I don't remember ever saying that in my entire enough. life. This well, is the as best. I understand it, this show takes a lot of work. It does. It does. It's a lot it's a, to put does, this together. She doesn't say much, but when let's she not, does, let's, boom! Let's, <laughs> let's not bring Jenna. up family business in front of the guest, please. Jenna, can, Jenna, can I ask you a question? Yes. As a as a working professional screenwriter, uh, I'm always curious about this. One of my pet peeves in any screenplay, and this is because I worked in the business from like 97 for three years or so. And so almost everything I worked on was crap that you've never heard of. And whenever there was a problem, especially in the, in the edit, the solution was always a voiceover. So that became a real pet peeve that it was just lazy. And you know, why are we doing this? And the movie ends right. The whole last section after the flash, the, the flash forward, the cut forward to August is Kurt Russell narrating and it works. And I feel like Quentin Tarantino is one of those writers who makes these things that shouldn't work, work. And well, I just remember, wonder, I mean, you have a different perspective yeah, as a screenwriter, you know, looking at this guy, he's won only, he's only won two Oscars, both for screenwriting. So what do you think of him as, as just as a writer and the fact that he gets these things done and the way that he does these things? I mean, one of my favorite films that he's written that he did not direct was True Romance. Sure. Yeah. And that's kind of what made me fall in love with him. Um, I know what you're saying. It, it's some, He's just like an anomaly because you're mm. right. He breaks all the rules and he, he, he just makes it work. And I'm not quite sure. It's just like his secret sauce. It's what makes him him. So... I don't mind even the movies that I really didn't care for that much because he brings something very unique and special to this industry, to the world, I guess. He has this very special gift. So even if it doesn't quite land totally, I so appreciate it because there is no one else like him. I don't, I don't believe so. I mean, maybe there, there, there are, but we just haven't seen him yet. You know, they haven't had anything A lot of people produced. have tried. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people who have tried. Well, oh, which, which, so Tarantino, Tarantino which Tarantino, um, which Tarantino movies didn't land for you? I'm just really curious because he's one of those guys that people like certain movies, and the other ones they go, I don't like it as much. Which ones really landed for you, as you said? Um, I I really liked. Um, again, he didn't direct it from dusk till dawn. Like oh, sure. <laughs> the early That's fun. ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the Hateful Eight. Um, mm-hmm. um, oh, I liked Reservoir Dogs. Um, I, I unchained it, uh, Django unchained. Django unchained. Yeah. yeah. It was okay. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't want, yeah. I, oh, I love Christoph Waltz in that film. Christoph Waltz. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. Um, and you know, how about Jackie Brown? Now that's, that's the that's, underrated Quentin Tarantino. That's movie. a, that's a fabulous Quentin Tarantino. I like Jackie Brown. Yeah. Cause that's got more structure. That's a very structured mm-hmm. film. <laughs> that's the Tarantino film for people who don't like Tarantino. Yeah, that's based on Elmer Leonard, right? And Drew, as far as that narration at the okay. end, that mm-hmm. was that was uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh expositional? Is that the right word? Am I yeah, it's exposition, yeah. Expositional. It's, expositional. Yeah. That's it usually was, why it's leaned specific, on as a technique. But sure. he was specifically doing that in this case to throw us off. Because the way he was doing it, like twelve oh one, they were sitting on the couch. You're, I was expecting that. Okay, he's setting us up to to actually. No, I think you're right. He yeah. could and have done the same thing with just um, some supers. Yeah, but the, you know, also like having Kurt Russell do it because Kurt Russell's in the film. 
There um, was narration earlier as well. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's not usually a th- look, I mean, I also I mean I love that Tarantino's essentially got a repertory of of actors that he keeps returning to. Sure. Yeah. And he does really unexpected things with them. Like I mean Kurt Russell is I think it's also minor Tarantino, but Kurt Russell is a horrible villain in Death Proof. Yeah, it's I mean, he is a monster who gets his, and it's really satisfying. And so watching all these people, you know, work with him over and over is is great. Obviously, Samuel L. Jackson is the one. He's the guy. But um, Has Christoph Waltz done any good movie without Tarantino at the helm? I mean, I know he's done a lot, and he's a good actor. He's actually got one coming out that he directed. But, uh, oh yeah, I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, so I, I don't even, know. It's you know, it's hard to say because I mean, not not to diminish the performance of the actors. I think Quentin Tarantino is one of those guys. Like like Spike Lee makes a lot of movies that are really for Mike over over his career. They're really uneven, but he can direct the shit out of acting. Yeah. And Steven Soderbergh, I've mentioned this before. Steven Soderbergh is a, a miracle worker. What he got out of uh, Jennifer Lopez, who's not a good actress in out of sight i mean it's amazing so again the, the material and the skill that he gives you that doesn't mean christoph waltz doesn't do anything else but christoph waltz has two oscars for being in two tarantino exactly. movies that to me almost mm-hmm. says as much about tarantino as it does no about completely waltz. about tarantino but tarantino had to pick him right. and use him in that first one it's just amazing he makes some oddball choices though now quentin says he's only going to make 10 films i think yeah, he said might. that for a long time yeah what do you think do you think he's gonna just stick to that or well, he's also said, you know, are we going to count Kill Bill as one movie or two movies? You know, that kind of thing. So, and I love also, Kill Bill. Oh, God, that movie is so fun. A lot I of feet it. in that one, too, Wojo. So in the count of nine, is Kill Bill one or two then? <laughs> right, exactly. That's what he's saying. We, it's two. It's actually it? two, but it's how do we count count one, it? I guess. Yeah, I need the, Bill, the, you know, David Kill Carradine Bill's in that film. And I, yeah. it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, we haven't I even talked about I love the guy. I saw Reservoir Dogs the day it came out. We haven't no even idea about what Quentin he, Tarantino was. What he was first known for, one of the things that he was really known for was taking actors that were kind of done and giving them new life. <laughs> well, or giving them a new, like John Travolta, Travolta and Robert yeah. Forster. And, and Jackie Brown. Yeah, we were talking about that, how John yeah, Robert Forster. Yeah, and, you know, that's, Did you ever see that scene he did? And he didn't direct it. Love Me, I think it's called, where he explains how Top Gun's actually a gay film. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever <laughs> seen that scene? Yeah, that's It's funny. unbelievable. What about I mean, it, it is a passionate film about film? <laughs> Top well, Gun's passion. Ralph, you didn't realize <laughs> I, that Top I Gun's a gay film? I didn't care. Guys all yeah. up on the beach flexing in a... Well, and they're, they're playing volleyball in jeans. Sounds like a movie like a strange episode. I think it's called Love Me or Sleep With Me or something. He's just at a party and someone asks him about Top Gun and he goes on this 10-minute rant about Top Gun that's just brilliant and it's all Tarantino. It's just him. And so when that used think. to be that used to be the way I thought about him is he's the guy who will literally have a speech in his movie about movies and he's yeah. evolved into someone who his the actual movies that he makes are as about other movies in a beautiful way you know and this is an example and Glorious Bastards and all these things and so that that's a I mean to watch I mean he's got he's done quote unquote only nine movies and he's been doing this for what 25 30 years yeah and, you know every every one is is worth it's worth watching and there are not a lot of people that can say that in any field never mind mm-hmm. in something as crazy no, as, as so filmmaking so and he's like thought- the worst actor too <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, you love watching him. that one yeah. i noticed i did notice that he wasn't bad uh, in from dust till dawn he was actually kind of creepy <laughs> there was a true, film yeah. Yeah. he wasn't bad in that one yeah. or something that he was horrible in 
Some well, he's terrible. He's terrible in Pulp well, Fiction. In Pulp Fiction, terrible in Django. He seems excited. He seems excited to say the N word and right. uh, to talk about his wife. And I was like, I think I'd rather hear from his wife. She sounds. And he more plays the Australian in Django Unchained, right? That gets <laughs> right. blown up with the dynamite. So I mean, right with that t- wonderful Australian accent, right? <laughs> right. So anyway, um, anybody have any final thoughts on? Uh... Yes, okay. I just want to say this: Quentin Tarantino. I have changed my mind. He is pure genius. Wow. Oh, and I'll I'll go revisit all his films because um, hmm. you know Sean loves them and Jenna loves them and you know I and you guys mostly like the only one um, Michelle you don't really like Michelle it. don't roll your eyes then come on I hear it's a remake of Slapshot <laughs> I would I would see that no, I think Michelle would watch this again before she watched Slapshot well, he was going to do some again. Star Trek he was he was going to reboot Star, Star Trek, Trek but they they thought his script was a little too well, off here's, the mark here's to Quentin Tarantino I really like him yeah there you go. so he can he can keep making movies Debbie oh man I, we're not done with him he can't quit now he's got to go do some more stuff now what do you think he needs to teach a master class on screenwriting or something you know i don't i don't even know if he i don't even know if he could he's one of the yeah yeah that's that's who he is he's so natural like i would want to see that class don't get me wrong i would love i would be fascinated but i just i he he's you know he you kind of picture him as he's born behind the counter of a video store right Mm -hmm. yeah don't you think if you didn't know he was than anybody else and then he gets to make movies that everybody else gets and wants to watch and Mm -hmm. i don't even know how you teach that well, I'd like to artist. sit and listen to him. Like he loves to talk. There's no question yes. he loves to talk about his process and what he's doing. Invite like him Kevin, on the podcast. He's like Kevin Smith, Ralph. but he knows how to use a camera. Right. Well, I chose Jenna in place of Quentin. Oh, <laughs> isn't that nice? Wow. He has some big shoes to fill. Yeah, oh. She, oh my gosh, Jenna. She she, she writes just gripping. Uh, Jenna, what are you in the middle of now? Anything you want to talk about? I actually just came up with a concept I, I for a new script, but I have to finish one that I'm working on with Sean that we we have to finish before I start something new. Oh. So, but uh, who's, yeah, uh, who's uh, who's the drag on that one? Which one of you guys is dragging? <laughs> I, I think it's my turn right now. I have oh. a, an eight and a ten year old, and oh, our business and is a little busy right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, you do but I am going to finish it because I I really do really do uh, like the script. It's great. Is it a horror story about young children? <laughs> it's a, it's a com- romantic comedy set in the world of reality television. Oh, oh. nice. That's, uh, yeah. It's really right. creative. But I think Thank that you. Tarantino would tell, I think that if there was a master class, he would tell uh, writers to just don't worry about the rules. I, you yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. just go for it. And whatever you're afraid to, whatever you, you really want to do, but you're afraid to because, you, you know, you feel vulnerable or you know, because with screenwriting, there are so many rules when you're first starting out, you you know, that you, you kind of get bogs you down. But I think he would say, just go for it. And yeah, that's what he tells that when you're Tarantino, though. Well, it's you mentioned, you mentioned true romance. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Here's the thing, I think, with actors. Uh, you mentioned True Romance. That was early Tarantino, right? And mm-hmm. he just wrote the script for that. And I heard him talk about the scene uh, where uh, Christopher Walken confronts uh, Dennis Hopper in the in the in the in the RV yep. when he's questioning him and they read they did Tarantino's script verbatim and Tarantino couldn't believe that these guys would do that they changed one word I think the word eggplant was the one um, thing that they added that wasn't in his script and he ended up loving that 
But he was saying that you have these these great actors who took my script and they didn't want to change a thing. That tells you a lot about how they looked at his writing. Yes. And and, and yeah. the actors know good writing. There's no question because they've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think just, in I addition, that- if, if Tarantino did do a master class, a third of it would be spent on feet. <laughs> He does have an obsession with feet. I don't know what well, that is, but yeah. I like I like what I like what you said about Jenna, what you said about um him. <laughs> he probably would tell people to do to do what you want to do. Like I don't see him sitting through Sid Field and Robert McKee seminars and, and stuff right. like that. And I think like if you look at his first movie, Reservoir Dogs, it's a fine film. I had not seen it. Pulp fiction <laughs> came out, exploded. Then I went back. And I was like, oh, I, I got to see more of this stuff. That movie is basically just kind of a riff on a Hong Kong movie called City on Fire with Chow Yun-Fat, which is in its own way an excellent movie. But he took, he said, I love movies. And he took a movie that already existed. And it's it's not it's not fair to call it a remake. It's like it's his own thing. And then that's his whole career. And that if that's your thing, I mean, we know, I mean, my God, what was Pulp Fiction, 94, 95? So there were at least another 10 or 15 years of knockoffs after that that were just, a lot of them were awful. But yeah. to, to see somebody figure himself out yeah, and then well, go for it is really exciting. And the yeah. scene that made that, that did that, the scene that said, oh, my God, this is the guy, was not the action. It was not the crime stuff. It was the scene in the diner where they're going around that diner and all the characters you figure out who everybody is in that one scene mm-hmm. where he's talking yeah. about Madonna and the tipping and Steve Biscami, you know, Mr. Pink doesn't want to, tis- all these things are being in one 10 minute scene. And it's just, that was it. He was done. Then it's, yeah. you know, he does Pulp Fiction. It's through the roof. I want to say one thing about the voiceover though. When I teach at the, when I teach screenwriting at the university, one of my students was like, somebody used voiceover and I was showing and they're like, you know, we, we've been told by a number of teachers here, you can't use voiceover in the script. And I just told them, I said, anybody here who's told you that you can't use voiceover is an idiot, unless it's the department head. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't afford to lose my job. And I point out, um, look at Goodfellas, which is not only voiceover, but multiple voiceover. And some of it doesn't even, like the wife's voiceover doesn't even start until page 30. You know, and that won the Oscar for best screenplay. I mean, yeah, but Drew's right. You know, in the wrong hands, in the wrong hands, narration is just, you know, it's it's in the way. Isn't Goodfellas the movie that has maybe the greatest single moment of narration ever where he's narrating his own death as a voiceover? And then when he gets hit with a baseball bat, his voiceover goes, oh, or something like that. I mean, (laughs) you can do you can do really creative things with that stuff. And Tarantino (laughs) is one of those guys that does it. That's why I said, you know, the the the. Yeah, you shouldn't use voiceover if that's your crutch. If you wrote yourself into a place where you say, I don't think it's clear why people are here. You shouldn't say the reason that people are here is this or they woke <laughs> up in the morning and they wanted to do that because it doesn't feel like you figured it out. If you've got a script that works, you solve problems and it's made choices. And that's why it works. Right. So Tarantino is, you know, he's one of the best writers working today. Yeah. One of the better ways to solve it, if you saw the Steve McQueen film Bullet, is because they knew that film was impossible to follow. They chose shots of people in a distance walking, and then they just added expert, you know, dialogue between right. that explained everything. Or a shot of a car driving, and you hear the people in there talking. So it's like, well, we got this driving for this. Let's just have them explain exactly. <laughs> well, looks, I mean, some, some movies don't even have scripts. The greatest film ever made, Mad Max oh, Fury God, Road, <laughs> Mad Max. was basically... <laughs> 
was basically <laughs> storyboards, storyboards and ideas long before it was an actual. Well, think about script. the way Tarantino used exposition in Hollywood. That scene <laughs> at the Hollywood party where Steve McQueen lays out all the information. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. dating Roman Polanski because she likes dating short guys. And J.C. Bring is the hairdresser. And that's all exposition. But in Tarantino's hands, it becomes part of the, the whole narrative. And it's just it's fantastic. cool when Steve and, McQueen's doing it. And oh, he's, that Damian Lewis was great. I thought yeah. I thought Sharon he was Tate great. has a type. And when you realize that that type and you go, oh, my gosh, I, I have that type, too. What? Short, <laughs> what? I, what you're saying is I got a shot. That's what you're saying. Short, oh stubby I think she's saying she likes short guys. I don't know what she's saying. No, just like saying. with Sean, you know, that boyishness. That's uh. why he's six years. And <laughs> a young man, too. Yeah. Your husband is a younger husband. <laughs> right? Oh, boy. Who, Jenna's husband? <laughs> you talking to me? Yeah. Oh. My, yeah, my husband is seven years younger than me. Oh, and- whoa. Oh, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> oh, boy. What's your name well. again? <laughs> Yeah. His name is Jameson, so we're Jenna and Jameson. Oh, get eyes. Nicely done. And wow. that, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna Jameson has great feet, by the way. Great Jenna. Feet. Jenna, yeah. can yeah. Jameson pop his head in? Yeah, he's right here. Oh. Jameson, hi. Hey, hi, how are you? Hey. He's 22. Huh? Wow, that's awesome. Oh, you're so nice. You're so oh, nice. Well, nice. I'm looking at your Emmy. I'm so that's, impressed that's, by your that's Emmy. That's the best that's acting I've seen in my whole life right there. <laughs> uh, you know what? Oh, I can shut thing, you off. You don't know anything, Ralph. You're not an actor. I got to so. mention one. <laughs> or a doctor. We didn't go over this. <laughs> and that is... The scene, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio at the hullabaloo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was great. That whole that from the trailer, though, that's not in there. Some of it is, but not all of it. Not what you see in the trailer. Oh, that, that's yeah, scene. no, he listen, I'm not saying he didn't do a great job. I just think the other guy did a better job. Well, yeah, because he never took his shirt off. There you oh, go. That might have. I don't know. Yeah. And what about DiCaprio? I don't know if that would have helped the situation. He looked good in every style. Yeah. Like when he had the mustache in Lancer, yeah. his normal style. And then I thought his best style was when he came back from Italy with the new era. Oh, yeah. 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 No, when the, bear, the bear attack was his best I acting. The, <laughs> the bear attack. That's when he started on that terrible movie. What movie? The Revenant. The Revenant. Where yep. he gets raped by the bear? Okay, that's get a raped, different just podcast. Gets so let's and move there on. There it is. Oh, my God. I knew <laughs> you'd work strong. it in somehow. Always bring You know, I tell you. I was watching The Revenant, and I'm like, why do people like this movie? Yeah, I, mean, I don't yeah, get it either. It's but. bad. So it that has, was a pity. I think that was a pity. Awesome. See, no one talks about it. If he Ralph looks at it, it's up against Mad Max Fury Road. Should we rate it? If he didn't, if he didn't win for Revenant, he would have won for On Twitter today, I put out you know, a link to Mad Max Fury Road. saying doing the Lord's work. It was the best movie ever made. Yep. And someone dared to say it's not even the best Road Warrior movie. Listen, people are entitled <laughs> to their own true. opinions, even when they're that. wrong. It's not my Road place to say you shouldn't better. have a wrong like Road opinion. Better than that movie. You're, there's a good example that's wrong, but you can think that it's no, okay. Well, let's let's rate this puppy. Although I think we know. So, Jenna, the way Jen- we rate it's either yippee ki yay or yippee ki nay. I mean, that's good stuff, right? <laughs> Very so easy. we'll start with Jenna. Jenna, Except we have other variations. Okay. Yippee Kaye. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> she can come back, you guys. All right, I'd say Yippee Kaye. 
I want to hear from Brad and Wojo. Yeah, well, yippee we know. Kai, yeah, a little above that. <laughs> okay, yippee Kai, meh. All right. Wojo, we know where she yeah. is. Yippee Kai, ugh. I give it four <laughs> barrels. Oh, you're still on that. That's awesome. Okay, I give it a yippee Kai. There is a podcast called Four Barrels or something. There is a Jaws podcast out there, I find. Yeah, so check it out. Subscribe to that podcast. We're not allowed to talk about Jaws. Hit the notification button on their podcast and share it. Yeah, I should do that. Drew, what did you say? Did you rate it? I didn't. I would say not only is it Yippie Kaye, I actually liked it more um, returning to it. Ah, watching it I did too, and I loved yeah. it the first time. Yeah. I got the I got the record album. That vanilla like poster. I said, I tolerated yeah, it more this time. So yeah. you talk, again, great for the movie poster, Brad. <laughs> I tolerated it more. It's a real, it's maybe a real I'll like, maybe I'll give it a Yippie if I watch it fifteen times. I but do. that is never going to happen. <laughs> this so, time it didn't John, quite make me want. I have bark. never watched anything fifteen times. So I, Jenna, listen, Jenna, I, thanks oh, for joining us. Yeah, Jenna, nice job by the way. Thank you, Jenna. We're Thank about to talk much. about what we're going to do on the next show. If you want to stay, you're welcome to stay. That's fine. Oh, it's riveting. To... It is riveting. It's, this is a riveting <laughs> part. Um, I have an idea. Oh. I know. Okay. Well, it doesn't have to everyone, be the next show. Everyone gets it quiet. Be, it can be whenever. Um, but Ralph, stop. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> you're doing that on purpose. I'm listening. <laughs> um, so I was talking out. to my drum teacher about the podcast and he said you know it would be interesting and i said what and he said to discuss a movie in which music is basically another character in because of how music is presented within the context of a movie we just did and a hard I day's said, night I feel like hard day's night would be like <laughs> i thought he was i thought he was gonna say we got to do whiplash which is fine oh That's great movie. Whiplash. He's, how no, about, he's uh, never Birdman. even watched it Birdman uh, used that drummer. No, he heard a, a lot of people in the Drum in the day. business um, um, said it was just full of such crap and such, you know. A whiplash? Yeah. It's got one of the greatest endings ever. I liked it from a musician's perspective. We can look at that. I mean, I think music plays a part in tons of films. I don't know if it's specifically, but, you know, like, I mean, Hard Day's Night was a good example of they just, that was, you know. Well, for example, if you've seen Baby Driver, yeah, music is sure. definitely. I mean, they they do a lot of like um, choreography with the music. Well, if you notice, movie like trailers now are all using the music, and gunshots are lining up to beat. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just it, it was, was just fun. an idea to Table bring him on. It's a good idea. Yeah. Jenna, Let's you have add any it to the wheel for our next podcast. Let's add it to the wheel of fun. <laughs> Jenna's like, what am I still doing? Oh, yeah. Actually, Sean and I were, I was like, sorry, I didn't hear you say my name. Um, Dazed and Confused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great <laughs> movie. With future, future governor of Texas, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Here's what we're going to do on this off. one. I'm going to go. I we're not going to do the, um, the challenge, right? We're not going to do three films. But I am going to spin a wheel that comes up with a theme. Theme and we're going to do a theme show like we did with the vampires. We're going to all bring films. all be Drew? <laughs> we'll all bring themes. Um, no, that's not a bad idea. Drew, I just ignored that. Don't worry. It's <laughs> okay, uh, buddy. It'll be based no, on whatever Drew. theme spins, okay? And we all bring films. Well, Drew, I think they're setting us up for a bit. I'm not sure. I think I they think are. This is a bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. Jealousy is yeah. so, yeah. it's just. Uh, Drew's we're choice. Like, we're, like, uh, we're like Cliff and uh, we're like Brad Pitt and what's his name? <laughs> Brad Pitt is no Drew. When you say Cliff, I thought you meant like <laughs> you, Cliff Brad. and Norm on Cheers. And that's pretty <laughs> yeah, much that's, like, yeah, that's better. Let me just do this real quick so Jenna can see something. Jenna, you're going to be so 
so glad you stuck around for yeah, this because this, this is, oh, is money right here. you should have got off. You guys seeing that? Oh yeah! Wow! All right, that's a lot of stuff. Come on, bad nuns. Ah, biography. Biography. Okay. Well, wait a minute. What are we going to do with that? Biography of a movie. Now, what do we do? No, each one of us brings a few movie biographies that we want to talk about. It's like the vampire theme. Do you guys remember how we did the vampires? Yeah. When you when it says movie biography, I don't. You know what? One of you guys sent this to me. I didn't write that. So well, I, don't I, I would say here's here's an example. Like one of the movies I'll bring um, for this movie biography like like, yeah, is uh, there's a, there's an actress from the 60s called Sharon Tate. And there was a movie about her called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that was sort of a, a riff on her life. So that that would be the kind of movie I could. No, bring. How about um, how about a film about a fictional character? But it's a biography of the fictional character. Could be that. It could be a real, you know, real time. Let's think about it. Okay, you want me to spin another one? You guys don't Rose like this? No, no that's People versus Larry Flint. Yeah. There's some good ones. There's some good ones. By Rose the way, but before we get off, did you anybody see those other Sharon Tate movies that came out? I saw. I've seen two Around. of them. Uh, oh, you mean about the murders? Yeah, they. No, uh, no. I forget. Jesus there was someone. Christ. No, someone I didn't just, watch about the murder. Yeah, but where Sharon one that's Tate, supposed to be horrendous that I have. Sharon Tate turns. Sharon Tate turns the table. No, Sharon Tate is killing, killing all the all the people. Oh, no, I didn't. I don't know yeah. what that one is. So, anyway, all right. Well, so movie biography. I guess it could be a fictional biography or okay, or uh, a real one. Like Drew was saying, the Larry yeah. Flint film. And we're just okay. supposed to bring movies that we just a couple if we want to talk about a couple. Yes. Do you guys remember the vampire one we did? Yeah, you were. I think you were in. Oh, so maybe um, Wojo was not there. land at the time, weren't you? Okay. That's <laughs> what know. we'll do. Yeah, yeah awesome. Jenna, Jenna, right. Jenna you no, can go wait. now. Poor Jenna, Jenna, thank you. Okay. And it is five minutes of your life. No, you no, can't kids, get back. kids are going. Get off that thing. No, we no, got things no, to do. Hey, thanks for joining us. It was really fun having you on. Yes, thank you, Jenna. Thank you. Appreciate Bye. it. And we do me a favor. If you watch the podcast, like it. People on the show don't. So would yeah. you please like it? Just hit a thumbs up. Just watch it would be more than some people on the show. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch it at least. Yes, of course. All right, thank you, Jenna. Thank All you, right. Jenna. Bye, Jenna. Thanks.